Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. Nobody likes waiting. As I record this talk, we're a little over five weeks from Christmas. Remember how slow the time dragged by as that holiday approached when you were a kid? Children fantasize about Christmas and what they'll find under the tree. But adults also dream about future events and what things will be like when a certain day comes. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote in the last chapter of his letter to the churches, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. When times are tough, Christians tend to long for the coming of Jesus more. During periods of peace and prosperity, there's not as much thought given to that future event. I think it's safe to say that a lot of believers right now are looking forward with enthusiasm to the return of Christ. There are obvious reasons for this. When Jesus comes back, war will end. There will be everlasting peace on this earth. There will be no more killing. No one will ever come home again maimed by war. There will be no more sickness. No one will ever again have to face a cancer diagnosis. There will be no need for crutches or wheelchairs, and nobody will ever have to take pills every day. And of course, there will be no more death. Nobody will ever have to stand around a grave and watch their mother's casket being lowered into the ground. The funeral industry will be shut down forever. So far, I've spoken of the way things will be in a negative sense, things that will not exist anymore when Jesus comes back. But for the rest of this talk, I want to discuss something that will exist, something that Jesus will bring with him when he comes. I read to you a few verses from James chapter 5. The passage ended by saying, Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Jesus is coming back to judge. Paul proclaimed to the people of Athens, The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all, by raising him from the dead. Judgment is a word we see a lot in the Bible, especially in the King James Version that many of us were brought up on. We often think of judgment in terms of the hammer coming down on the wicked ones. It is that, but it usually means justice. When Paul said Christ will judge the world in righteousness, that was another way of saying that his Judgment will be just. There will be true justice at last. 
While we like to believe that our legal system is based on impartial justice and truth, we obviously fall far short of those ideals. I would submit to you that this problem is getting worse. Outside of many courthouses in this nation are statues of Lady Justice. Not always, but often, she is blindfolded. The idea is that justice should be the same for everyone, regardless of race, economic status, or position in society. Justice isn't supposed to consider who you are, but merely the facts. Truth. When I was a little boy, I loved watching the old Superman TV show. I think it came on in our town on Saturday morning around 6 a.m. I had no problem getting up that early on a Saturday to watch the exploits of my hero from the planet Krypton. The opening of the show always ended with an expression of the ideals that Superman sought to uphold. Truth, justice, and the American way. There sure was a lot more clarity back then in our nation about these things, or at least it seemed so. But today, everything is muddy. Justice bows to politics. Lady Justice has taken off her blindfold. Of course, this is nothing new in human history. The administration of impartial justice has always been an elusive goal. Over 3,000 years ago, God commanded through Moses, You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. There should be no favoritism to the rich or the poor. All people must be brought under the same standard of justice. Sadly, we live in a fallen world in which this ideal will never be perfectly realized, at least not until Jesus comes back. He will come someday to judge the world in righteousness. It won't matter then whether you are rich or poor, male or female. It won't matter what color you are because God doesn't look on the outward appearance but on the heart. He is going to right every wrong. Those powerful individuals who seem to be able to get away with things now will be judged righteously in that great day that is coming. Their financial status or position in society will be completely irrelevant. Peter said in Acts 10.34, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. In a court of law, justice can only be done when all the facts are presented openly. This is not always possible, of course. A person accused of a crime in our system is not required to tell everything he knows. He can't be made to testify against himself. It is the job of the prosecution to ferret out all the pertinent facts before a verdict is rendered. But when Jesus comes to judge, he will have all the facts. Listen to Hebrews 4, 12, and 13. 
For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. My mother taught me this Bible verse when I was very young. It is Numbers 32, 23. Be sure your sin will find you out. Now, my mother didn't find out everything I ever did, but she found out plenty. But God knows every sin I've ever committed. He saw it all. That is true for me, and it's true for you. What will it be like for you when Jesus comes back to judge? If you're worried, I've got some good news for you. God is merciful, doesn't want to punish you eternally for your sins. He sent his one and only son into this world to pay for my sin and yours. Jesus bore all of our sin and guilt in his own body on the cross. Now, if we confess our sins and put all our faith in his finished work of atonement, our souls can be washed clean. We can have a fresh start, and we won't have to fear the day of judgment. I urge you today to put your faith in Jesus. When you do, you will have a sure and certain hope for the future. Whatever people do on this earth, we know that one day Jesus will return. He will bring with him perfect and eternal justice. All wrongs will be made right at last. So, be patient, therefore, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we long to see our Savior Jesus Christ. We long for him to come back and bring true and lasting justice to this world. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Dear friend, thank you for praying for us and for the ministry God has called us to here in Schenectady, New York. We are seeking to found a church there. Uh, It's called Bread of Life Anglican Church, and we meet every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. It's the American Legion Hall. If you don't have a church home, you live in that area, we'd love to meet you. As always, you may reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.